It's that time of year, folks, and we are going to take a little bit of a turn on our podcast. After our most recent podcast about Steelers predictions with Dave Moyle, we went on to record a segment on fantasy football. So, you know, is fantasy football Pittsburgh beautiful? Well, yes, if you're a Steelers fan. So uh, since the season starts tomorrow, we're going to drop this podcast today. This is the Pittsburgh Beautiful Fantasy Football Spectacular. First, we're going to pay the bills and the Fantasy Spectacular will start right away. Stay real. So we're going to talk a little fantasy football now. We just finished our fantasy draft. That's uh, Steve, Mark, and I. And Dave uh, is drafting this evening at 8 o'clock. And an interesting coincidence, uh, Mark and I share a team. And we had the first pick in our draft this year. And Dave has the first pick coming up at 8 o'clock. Now, Indeed. Dave has already um, expressed his disdain for Penn State. So we've pretty much figured out that he's not going to draft Saquon. I would uh, pick my sister in the first round before I picked a Penn State. I heard she's a pretty good I player. would pick my yeah. – I swear on everything <laughs> I've ever owned or loved, I would pick my freaking sister before a Penn Stater in the okay. first round right. of a fantasy football draft. Guess how many Penn Staters I've ever had on my fantasy Zero. team? Zero. 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 You know why? He There's no Kurt reason – to have a Penn Stater. I almost you're, had Kurt Warner. <laughs> almost had him one year. Your, your face is red and you look angry. I'm just, oh, it's, um, the, it's the whole, and I do my best <laughs> when I pick the team defense to find the one that has no Penn Staters on. You waste that <laughs> amount of time? Yeah, I, I really do. That's but, the only research here, I do for the fantasy is, draft. But here really is the question, and it's a question that applies to anybody who drafts for fantasy football. Right. When you have that opponent that you hate and you have that particular player mm, that you hate, yeah. is it wise not to draft them? No. Simply because of, of it. So you're admitting that yeah. it's... It's to my detriment. It's a flawed strategy. Yes, it's a flawed strategy. I have avoided picking Cleveland Browns in the past based on the same strategy. But the thing I don't do that a lot of people do, a lot of people overvalue and overpick players from their favorite team. Mm -hmm. I will not do that. that could I, be an issue in fact, well. I rarely have Steelers on my team mm -hmm. because I never want to be doubly frustrated by them losing mm -hmm. a game and blowing my fantasy game at the same time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you rarely find me drafting a Steeler for that express reason. But yes, my my stupidity with Penn State players and Cleveland Browns players has has caused some problems for me in the past. But I've won the league a fair share of times. So you're um, saying you can do it without those guys. I can do it without. I can win without you. I can lose without you. Whatever happens, happens. I'll roll the dice on that. Okay. I will not yeah. compromise my values. So that being said, your first pick is... Not Saquon Barkley. It is Patrick Mahomes, who, in my league at least, his value is at least twice as much as Barkley. And what I've got away is the running back I'm going to get coming back in the second round because I'm going to have to wait, mm -hmm. you know, 20 picks, uh, 20 picks right. to get my, my next pick. So the running back coming back, does Mahomes and that running back combined give me more than Barkley and the second running back I would pick. Because if I go running back first, I'm going with a running back strategy. I'll pick two backs and a receiver in the first three rounds. Coming back, I'll go back and receiver again. So in the first five picks, I'm going to have three backs and two receivers or three receivers and two backs, depending on their value. 
I'll wait until the eighth or ninth round to pick my quarterback on that using that model. Um, so if I go quarterback first, which I've never done, um, then I'm going to have to go heavy running back after I'll probably come back with two running backs in rounds two and three. Will the value of those three players uh, be more than the value of two running backs and a top receiver? But you're in a PPR league. Yes. So, so that's a receiver league. Why would why wouldn't you go heavy on the receivers? Because Barkley is a receiver as yes, well. Yes, correct. That that which is exactly why the smart move is to get the backs who catch the ball a lot out of the backfield. Then you still get receiving points for them on top of their rushing points. Um, those players typically have a little more value in our league than straight out receivers. Um, last year's top scoring receiver, I think was Michael Thomas from new Orleans. And, uh, I had him, um, you know, that didn't help my team very much. Um, I was still losing to teams that had better running backs than I had. Um, you know, I just, I got unlucky. I had Kareem Hunt last year. So, you know, Right. And midway then, through the year, tank. my season blows up. And, uh, you know, I had Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. He's He was mediocre so that, at that, best. That's another interesting point. So what do you do with those low-character players? Right. Do you draft them or do you pass? If I'll take that one. Go ahead. So the problem with the low-character player is not what they do on the field. It's what they do off the field. So if you feel you you have a low character player and that's going to affect their production on the field, Mm -hmm. you put them on your do not draft list. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. if you think A.B. is going to find another problem with his chin pads (laughs) during the regular season, why draft him? He'll find a way not to make it on the field. But if you think, hey, he's got a new helmet, his feet are all healed up, he's good to go from here on out, take him. He's a great talent. So that's the thing. So if if the production off the field impacts the play on the field, do not draft. That's my that's my philosophy. And I'm going to tell you now, if if it comes back and AB is there, I'm picking him in the third round for sure. I, he will be my first receiver. Guess who our yeah second pick was? Yeah, AB was AB our second pick. And you know what? I passed on AB because I think he's going to find a reason not to get on the field. You know why? Maybe not because of something that happened off the field, but because Carr can't throw him the ball. He's going to whine and complain. He's no Ben. So he's going to find a way to say it's their fault, not my fault. That's a, yeah, that's what well, AB does. That's the narcissist in AB. Right. Right. But I, if, I think if Carr can throw him the ball, he'll be fine. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. That's yeah, why we, I passed. We saw that as like, why we, we saw that as kind of like you, you can't at that point, we had Barkley, and at that point, we just felt the upside. Yeah, is too you got high you, it. Is. How can you not yeah, take it? Because you know this about him: he's very competitive, right? And he's very good. Mm-hmm. So, what happens if something ignites in him where he mm-hmm. is? I'm going to prove it. Right. Like I'm going to prove I'm the man. You all doubt me. Mm-hmm you're all going to pay for this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you know, that, that's what he did and for the Steelers in week 17, right? He said, I'm going to go out and prove Ben wrong. No. no. You know what he did? He said, I'm the plane. I'm right. the big baby. And he's going to do the but, same thing. In but he did do it in week 16 against New Orleans when he lit them the freak up. He lit them up, almost single-handedly won the game. Mm-hmm. 
and then your boy Juju fumbled late in the game and was crying with a towel over his head on the sidelines after he squirted that victory away. But that aside, um, I just think his talent level is so superior that if he wants to, he'll produce. But you make a huge good Mm -hmm. point. Can Carr get him the football? It's possible. It's possible yeah. it blows up in Oakland. It is. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. but, it's, but it's also possible that he will once again be the best receiver in the league. I, and I think he will be for 10 or 12 weeks. It'll be the, the four yeah, or six implode. weeks yeah. he doesn't play. And that might be, be enough for us Can to, you? to carry our season. I don't think for a number one pick it's worth it. I would for say, number one. I would say, well, he's your number one wide receiver, so he's your number one pick. Well, he's our number two draft pick, our second round pick. Okay. And we digress. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think that it's worth it. And considering that my my team and then when Mark joined a couple years back, he has historically been the worst fantasy team in our league. I don't see how we can go wrong. I don't, <laughs> I, I that's true. I that's true. Your past, I wouldn't your past say production. that we're historically worse. I think since we've been, we've been a mediocre team. No, you've been historically worse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had two seasons where I was good. One season I won the entire regular season and lost in the first round. Another season I squeaked into the playoffs at 10 wins and I don't remember. It doesn't matter. So well, that's AB th- on my team is fine. I'll that's the thing that. about fantasy football, right? It draws you in and it puts this situation you put yourself in where you might draft a guy who you want to root for, but you don't want that team to win. Yeah. And that's always the rub with fantasy football yeah. players. It's like, do you take your team over your loyalty to, in our case, the Steelers? I've never done that, but I do admit that it's very difficult when you have a player playing against your team and you want them to do well, but you still want your team to win. And I think that's always been the push against fantasy football because you have that rub against team loyalties versus player loyalties. But I think it's been excellent for the NFL. I mean, I don't even really – I mean, I still watch the Steelers, of course, but other games, I'd rather watch Red Zone and see all those great highlights than to sit there and watch – guys go back to the huddle and wait 30 seconds before they snap the ball again. It just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Who wants to do that? The NFL has to get with the 21st century and change something in the game to make it move along faster. All right. Well, that was, that was great, Steve. Thank you. Any other uh, rule changes on your mind? (laughs) (laughs) Any other procedural? They need a pitch pitch clock. (laughs) Yeah. That's worked well for the MLB. I digress. Yeah. Well, I, I think we were talking about this uh, earlier today. The, the, you know, 20 years ago, fantasy football, it was, I don't want to say it was easy, but it was kind of like you knew who the top three or four players yes. were at every position. Yeah. And it was, if you got the first pick, you knew automatically. Barry Sanders. Right, right. Even Jerry even, Rice. Even Jerry after, Rice. Even after right. they retired. Right. Yeah. I'm going to draft them anyway. Right. You know, but now it's such a passing league that you routinely have receivers that catch 70 balls a year. Yeah, and they're right. not – it's considered a mediocre season. I know, which right. was 20 years ago. That was like – A you huge know, number. That was tearing right. the leather off yes, the ball. Yes, that so. was a huge number. And, you know, right. then you start to look at guys that are average producers now who would have been lights out leading leagues and points then. Mm-hmm. Um, it has changed that radically. And – 
I, I, again, this is what's leading me back to picking Mahomes tonight is that because the NFL is so pass heavy, it's really shifted to if you have an elite quarterback, you ride that player, man. He's, you know, Mahomes is going to throw 40 touchdowns this year. He threw 50 last year. Um, I can't see him backsliding into the low 30s, for example. I could say but, mid to high 30s. But even if he did, still good he's still scoring more than Saquon Barkley, than these players who are excellent players. He's still scoring more because of the sheer volume of what he's doing. So now I roll the dice that he's going to have 38, 39 touchdowns this year, and I'll get you know what I want out of him. Well, I'll say this too. One one of the things that I found drafting this year is once you get past, let's say, the first four top receivers, you know, receiver ranked number five through receiver yeah. ranked number seventeen or eighteen, yeah. any one of them could end up having the fifth best year. Yeah, pick them out of a hat. Yeah. You're you're exactly I mean, right about because they're all the same. It's eight, 80 receptions, thousand yards, eight touchdowns. Right, and somebody always right. comes out of nowhere. Right. Again, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas last year he had a very right. good year in 2017. But nobody could have predicted this, you know, breakout year. And when I look at the rankings, I still see like Julio Jones, who he had a better year than last year. He's ranked over him and on everybody's Mm -hmm. list. Mm -hmm. Um, You still get Tyreek Hill ranked Mm -hmm. over him. You're getting Odell Beckham ranked over Mm -hmm. him. And but, you know, Thomas was better than all of them last year. Mm -hmm. There, There is always that guy that just sort of has that year that's out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe two years ago, that was Devonte De- uh, Adams. Right? Adams for Greenback, yeah, right. right? You know. So, and in the past, it's always been okay. So you've got your you've got your wide receiver number one. So now it's time to think about your wide receiver number two. Yeah. And it was always the 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 um, the common theme was go with a starter. You know, even if they're on a bad team, yeah. pick the number one guy. Somebody's number one because he's right. the target. We went, who do we get number two, Calvin Ridley? Calvin Ridley. But part of the reason that we liked the Calvin Ridley pick uh, versus a number one mm-hmm. was because our quarterback was Matt Ryan. Yeah, right. So we decided to do the the hookup, as the, Chris likes to call it. Yeah, the hookup. But at the same time, the Calvin Ridleys of the world are going to catch 65, 70 balls. They might catch more. I yeah, mean, it, right. That's you know, what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. so... That the old the old adage of going with you know the starter right he's a starter so we'll pick him I don't right. really he's not really the best but right you know because the starter on a bad team twenty years ago would catch fifty five balls yeah and that was a good year right now the number so two it, on a bad it's team. almost like your number two in some cases is like a second number one yeah do you know how many balls Juju Smith Schuster caught last year it was near a hundred wasn't it yeah. one eleven yeah. Holy he's hell. the Steelers' number two receiver last right. year. Yeah, right. He yeah, caught 111 passes. Yeah. Why uh, didn't we draft him? Uh, he oh, was, somebody he took him. Gone right. Yeah. yeah. 1,400 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had an incredible season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people are wondering if he's going to be able to handle the number one. He caught 111 passes yeah, last year. Which means year. there was a lot more than 111 thrown his way. Right. And yeah. the, the argument, easy argument, is while AB was on the field for most of those, the game he played without AB, he did nothing in. That's a good argument. And now all the double coverage will roll his way. Will he be able to handle it? Well, and that leads you right back to James Washington. Yeah. All he has to do is be fast and catch one ball over the middle deep 
And now all of a sudden the coverage is going to shift. Yeah, right. or Moncrief or whoever. I don't right. care who it is. Deontay right. Johnson, They're whoever. They're safety high and yeah. create some lanes. I thought they I thought they cut Deontay Johnson. He's on the practice squad. Didn't they? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm pretty sure they did. Third round draft pick? I don't think so. I think he's on the team. They wouldn't, they wouldn't cut a third round pick. Probably you don't not. think so? It'd Look be it up. pretty rare. Did they cut Deontay Johnson? No, he's still on the roster. Okay, never he was, mind. He was still on the roster. I, I read that wrong. That's a Chris Klein special. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah. This is Dave Moyo speaking, and I want to recuse myself from the <laughs> preceding <laughs> 35 seconds of this podcast. Can we all agree that there will be no more discussion regarding Deontay Johnson? No. Done. Because he'll catch nine balls this year anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> you know, people true. kind yeah, of insulted people kind of insulted James Washington for his rookie year. But I think he either had as many or just a couple fewer, maybe a couple more receptions than A.B. had in his rookie year. Yeah. But one big difference, A.B. made two catches in playoff games that were gigantic that year. Um, well, and the Steelers traditionally don't play their rookies. Right. They just don't. You're right. Tomlin is a veteran guy. That's why they went out to get Moncrief. He just loves the veterans. He thinks they should be on the field, and the rookies never get licked. They learn, right. They got to learn. So running backs this year, Dave. Yes. You're not going to get Saquon Barkley for two reasons. Right. Who do you go with after so that? Now I'm looking at um, guys like uh, Joe Mixon for Cincinnati may still be there. Our league, um, you know, I have our own, we've been together for 31 years and um, our owners love the running back. Um, but Last uh, last few years, I've seen a little shift towards uh, quarterbacks and receivers because they understand that these players are outscoring these, you know, middle of the road running backs they're picking. So I got to wonder, am I going to see someone like Todd Gurley stick around? Probably not. But he should. If you look at his ranking, he's going to probably yeah, stick around. He probably should. Am I going to see um, a running back like carry on Johnson? Um from Detroit stick around and is he good enough? Is Leonard Fournette good enough? Leonard Fournette's averaged less than four yards a carry in his career, but he might be the best thing left by the time mm -hmm. I'm picking a running back. Um, who I'm sort of targeting is Joe Mixon. I'm, I'm kind of hoping he's still there. Um, and since I don't have the same venom for Cincinnati that I have for Cleveland, although it's close, um, Mixon is sort of on my radar as the guy I'm hoping, if he if he can produce the same thing he produced last year and I can have him and Mahomes, I will outscore Barkley and anyone else in the NFL. The only problem with Mixon is A.J. Green's injury puts more puts a free safety up on the line as opposed to back watching A.J. And their offensive line isn't very good. Not, but not good at all. You are absolutely right. He will get his touches. He yeah. will get the ability to touch the ball 15, 16 times rushing. What will he do with those rushes? Right. That'll make or break. And him. that's what I'm looking for. You know, I'm down on guys like Devontae Freeman um, from Atlanta. Um, I have no faith in Chris Carson in Seattle. Um, well, at least Devontae Freeman isn't splitting with Devin Hester. Correct. Yeah. You know, those are all factors yeah. that you end up looking at in the end is who's behind them. What kind of offense are they running? Are they so pass happy that if you're the second guy in New Orleans, for example, it doesn't matter 
you know, Kamara is going to get the bulk of whatever running they do. And then whoever's behind him, uh, get the ball. yeah, and he'll get the ball a few times a game, but nothing significant. He won't be a difference maker. So that makes Kamara more attractive with, even though he's not going to get, you know, 25 rushes a game, he'll get 18, you know, mm-hmm. and he'll be the only significant running threat on that team. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I've got to look for running backs that are the most significant threat on their team mm-hmm. to be productive week after week after week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why I'm targeting a guy like Mixon, maybe Leonard Fournette. You don't think Elliott's um, going to be there? No, I don't think he'll be there. No. He might be. I think he would have been in our league. Where was he drafted in our league? Um, Elliott was drafted, but it was late. I think it was in the third round. Yeah. Yeah, he fell, he fell far. <clears throat> that would, that no, would that's surprise not true. me. No, he, fell, he fell in the sec- second He was round. in the second round, yeah. about 2-4 or something like that in the 10-team PPR. Yeah, I, I yeah. think he is still yeah, he did. That's a where he very did. valuable running back. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I would give anything to get. I'd love to get Nick Chubb, but I won't. <laughs> the problem um, with Nick Chubb is what happens when Kareem, Kareem Hunt, Hunt is back. back. That's that's a huge yeah. problem. Yeah. Well, if, if Chubb's having a great season, if, if well, if Chubb's having a great season, I don't think they change things. I think they mix Kareem in, but Kareem Hunt. You know, you got yeah, you how just do gotta, you fix what isn't broken? Right. Well, but right. you know, but you know, but what's the sample size? I mean, Chubb came on strong at the end of last year. Um, you know, let's say he has a, a good start to this year. It's still probably not even an entire season worth of uh, NFL games, at least from a starting perspective. And then you have Kamar Hunt with all of his problems. I don't think they brought him in to sit on the bench. That's true. So you know, it's going to be at least a split is what I would anticipate. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if I can, if I can end up with Mahomes, um, someone like uh, Mixon, um, you know, a receiver um, somewhere in the range of, I don't even know who's going to be around at that point in the third round for me. I'm pro- I might be looking at AB to be honest. Maybe look at um, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, right? Adam um, Thielen from uh, Minnesota. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. You know, these are decent players. Mm-hmm. I'm not picking Julian Edelman. Um, uh, I'm not picking uh, certain guys who, you know, are I think historically overvalued. Um, but if I can end up with that kind of a mix, um, I'm real happy with myself moving forward and then you start to sprinkle in and hope mm-hmm. that you can you get lucky you know with maybe you happen to draft the best tight end that year out of nowhere because they always mm-hmm. you know there's always one or two yeah. that just pop up maybe you get the best you know chris boswell from two yeah. years ago um now on that note let's talk fantasy sleepers who do we think might come out of nowhere and just emerge this year out of nowhere, I think that well, one player, rookie, so one player who so, I think yeah. is off the radar a bit is Deshaun Watson in uh, Houston. Um, the injury, I think he's sort of just you know out of sight, out of mind. I think he could reemerge as a serious player. Um, you know, someone like Chris Goodwin in Tampa Bay could he mm. emerge as a threat? Um, you know, opposite Mike Evans in Tampa Bay. Um, there are a lot of good players who 
sort of sit in the shadows. Uh, Sony Michelle or Sonny Michelle or whatever his name is, does he mm-hmm. emerge as a more significant offensive player now that I think Belichick, I think the playoffs proved to Belichick that he can trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I'm not sure he had his trust in the regular season, so you didn't see so much productivity, but he lit it up in the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was tremendous in that AFC championship game. So does that earn him more touches, more looks? Could he be one who sort of breaks out of the pack? I have a, a good feeling about a couple of rookie running backs, uh, particularly uh, David Montgomery in Chicago, just a hard-nosed runner from Iowa State. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of Deuce Staley from back in the day. Um, just kind of, you know, tough between the tackles, isn't going to break, let's say, a long run, but is going to consistently, um, you know, hit, you know, plus gainers, you know, five, six, seven yards. Um, and I also look at uh, Miles Sanders as a guy who probably won't come on until maybe midseason. Uh, again, this might be troublesome for you. But yeah, it's, from Penn it's, State. it's killing me. And he's, he's a Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, yes, I know. <laughs> it's a huge kind of a problem. Double, Top, talk about a double, double doink. Whammy. <laughs> a double there. But, but I think that, you know, there's there's a lot of talk out of Philadelphia that uh, they remi- he reminds them quite a bit of a younger LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. And so uh, I think that he's somebody who could really help someone in running back trouble you know, come week nine, week 10, uh, when he might be taking over more carries than right. Jordan Howard. So I think from a fantasy perspective, and we haven't talked about this team at all, the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. running the air raid offense, Clingsbury is bringing it to the NFL. So this could be an abject failure or right. it could be the next new offense. He's, right? just, he's talking up his team. Right. Is well, this, listen, look, you're talking, at, you're talking mean, about and, sleepers, right? And, we're not talking yeah. we're not right. talking about anything but sleepers. So on that team, there's a guy named Christian Kirk yeah. who is going to catch a lot of balls. He's going to get a lot of opportunities to do a lot of things. Now, maybe Kyler Murray will not be the next, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know? Maybe he won't be the next Joe Montana. But on this offense, he's going to get a lot of opportunities to do a lot of things. So if that team can run this offense and NFL defenses don't know what to do with it, there could be a lot of value in a guy like Christian Kirk. Is Cliff Kingsbury going to be round two of Steve Sperrier? Or uh, who was the who was Philly. the Eagles coach? Yeah. Chip Kelly. Chip, Chip Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Is it, that's yeah, what they, there me. were a yeah. lot of really good fantasy players You're on right. that team. There were. That there team were. was awful. Yeah. You're right. But from a fantasy perspective, absolutely. Oh my God. Well, actually, the first year when nobody knew what was going on, they, they were, were good. good. Yeah. They, were they good. won the division. I no think, doubt. And, so yeah. They in won. a one year sample size, Arizona could be a lot to handle. They could. Then and we're and, talking about sleep. And, and, and again, they didn't know. They didn't show any of their offense in the preseason. Klingsbury said, this is not our offense. Right. Do not, do not think that this is what it's going to be. So you're not going to see the full unveiling of it until Sunday at and 1 then o'clock. That, which raises the question of a guy like uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, where they've revamped their offense. Um, and, uh, you know, according to their head coach, to – observers this is something the nfl's never really seen the way they're going to handle um this position 
Uh, could he, and again, who cares if it succeeds or fails from a fantasy standpoint, does it score points for your team? That's right. Which is all you care about. In we the don't end. care if the Baltimore yeah. Ravens go 0-16, uh, right. as long as Lamar Jackson is scoring me 25 points Right. A week. right. You're exactly you. right about that. Can you play Lamar Jackson at running back? <laughs> no, you can't because I drafted. Or should you be able to? <laughs> okay, so we got we got just about two minutes left. All right, who's your mystery irrelevant? Who was your, who was our who was our mystery irrelevant? Well, when you're saying who's mystery irrelevant, are, are you kind of saying who do we think uh, is maybe expected to have a big impact this year but won't? Is that the question? No, no. You, you're la- Everybody has your, a last pick. Your last pick. You've been through the whole draft. You've addressed everything. You're oh, happy or you're okay. not. You got that but last think- pick, and you went and you took it because you said, yeah. the hell with it. Ours was Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. And, and yeah. actually, we could make an argument for our last two, Adrian Peterson yeah. and Deshaun Jackson. Right. Okay. Who was your Mr. Irrelevant? I believe it was Mark Edwards, tight end from Baltimore. There you go. Yeah, I can never heard of. I can guarantee you (laughs) mine will definitely be a tight end. Mm -hmm. Probably he probably plays for Detroit. Um, he probably plays for Buffalo. He probably plays for Oakland or Denver or any of these teams that really are on the outside looking in, San Francisco. Whoever that tight end is, he's earmarked for my team. Let me share, that would be Dallas Goddard from let me, Philadelphia Eagles. Let me share a quick secret with you. I once played in a league where the winner of the league for six years in a row drafted Kyle Rudolph. Nice. Think about Kyle Rudolph. Nice. Kyle Rudolph is the <laughs> who holy I, grail. Who I did, ha- I did have Kyle Rudolph <laughs> two years ago. I had Kyle did Rudolph win the on my team. I did not. Uh, I lost in the championship game. So, but Kyle Rudolph, but Kyle brought, Rudolph basically got me there. Yeah, he basically things. got me there. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, we will get back together and talk about Dave's draft and how it went. And uh, hopefully we can get back together and maybe talk a little bit about how our years are going. So thanks for being here. Well, if you've gleaned any bit of information from this spectacular It is that Kyle Rudolph is the key to winning the fantasy football Super Bowl. Always has been, always will be. Other than that, I'm not sure if any of this information is helpful, but I sure as hell had a great time talking with Dave, Mark, and Steve about the upcoming fantasy football season. And uh, stay tuned for some more of this good fun coming up shortly. Keep your eyes on the prize, folks. Thanks for listening to the Pittsburgh Beautiful Podcast. Stay real. Pittsburgh Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Chris Klein. The opinions of the guests on the Pittsburgh Beautiful Podcast are their own opinions and not necessarily the opinions of Pittsburgh Beautiful. All of the guests on our podcast were invited to appear and are not paid for their appearance. Thanks for listening to the Pittsburgh Beautiful Podcast. Stay real.